Welcome to the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. In our sermon series, Promise, we're looking at the nativity story to see how wrestling with longing can help us eliminate hurry from our lives. Today's speaker is Associate Minister Rick Anderson. I have the privilege of just sharing a little bit today with you as we wrap up our sermon series called Promise, and we know that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. He is the answer. He is the greatest gift. And we're going to read some scripture about that in just a moment. But as we think about the season that we've just come out of, we see a lot of uh, giving and receiving of gifts and a lot of time spent with family and friends. And it's been a, a good year. It's always been, also been a painful year for some of us. I know for me, I lost my dad two weeks ago, and uh, that's painful. And I know some of you are going through that same kind of loss right now, and I'm, I'm sorry for what you've suffered. I know the pain. But I love my dad, and I'm thankful for the man that he was and the memories I have of him. But anyway, God is faithful through times like that, and through the wonderful joys of life. One beautiful thing I see that comes from challenges like that is it brings families together. It helps to minimize the trivial things. And it's almost like the glue that brings you together for the important relationships that you have. I've never seen my brothers and sister and I as close as we are right now. And dad passed away two weeks ago. And so blessings can come unexpectedly sometimes. And uh, as we read the scriptures, we're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. And it's about the Magi coming after the baby Jesus was born. Let's take a look at that now. It says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out for them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with the mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 
Obviously, a very important event had taken place. And there's dispute as to how long after he was born did the Magi actually come and who were these Magi. And the point is, a very important event happened, the most important event ever for that baby being born. And they came to worship him and to acknowledge that. And as we look at the season that we just come out of, and we look at the giving and exchanging and receiving of gifts, I want to look forward to next year. And as we look at next year, what does that mean for each one of us? You know, as I said, and I could see a show of hands, I know a lot of us have been through difficult times, painful things recently. But there have been wonderful things that have happened recently. There have been wonderful blessings in this church. And our church family is such a blessing to those of us on staff. For us to minister alongside you is such a privilege. But what does it mean? What do I do with what Jesus has done for me? How do I interpret the gift that the Father has given when he gave his son? It says he didn't give him to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. What does that look like? And do we look like what that looks like? What are we going to do with the gift of Jesus? Who am I in reflecting that gift? That's what I want us to look at today. See, I believe when we come in to a room, whether you know the people, whether you don't, whether you like the people, whether you don't, you have a choice to make. You can make that room better or you can make it worse. But I believe with the Holy Spirit present in our lives, we have a responsibility to make it better. We should be the ones helping to avoid the awkwardness. The ones going out of our comfort zone. And believe it or not, I don't like talking to people I don't know. But I do it because it makes the environment more comfortable for them and for me. What happens when you go to a restaurant and a server comes up to take your order and they ask you what you'd like to drink or what you'd like to eat and you ask them, how are you doing today? And they pause and they give you sometimes a very honest answer, good or bad, but they're surprised that you even care. And what I would say right now as believers they shouldn't be surprised that we care because we should care. If we're going to be Jesus to the world, we need to look like it. So it means watch our temper, watch our anger. I mean, watch our, watch our mouths, watch our, the way we treat our family members, one another. We should be grace-filled, merciful, forgiving people. So my challenge 
to you and to me as we look to this next year is to be the gift back to Jesus that he deserves us to be. He has given us new life through his sacrifice. And let's not waste or take for granted what he's done for us. Because if I'm a new creation, I should look more like the creator every day that I live and breathe as he sanctifies himself through me, as I become more and more like Christ and less like who I was, my old nature, my sinful nature, my old man, some would say. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Is it convicting to think about that, to look in the mirror and say, hmm, am I really thinking of others before myself, or am I so caught up on my own little world that I'm not really representing Jesus as I should in my life? You know, recently I had someone from another faith come to our house a couple of times. She came again yesterday, as a matter of fact, a car full of people, and she wanted to share scripture with me about Jehovah. And I listened to her talk about Jehovah. And then I brought up Jesus. I said, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And I said, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Which one is he to you? I said, because you and I disagree on who Jesus is. And that's a critical thing to disagree on. But I know in my life what Jesus has done for me. And if you know that as well, I encourage you to show evidence of it. And I'm not talking about works of salvation. I'm not talking about doing good things to look good. I'm talking about the fact that we've been changed from the inside out. Our life should bear the fruit of that relationship and that transformation. That's what I mean. So what I want to do as we end the service today is I want to pray for all of us, me included, that as we enter next year, we represent, we reflect Christ every day as a gift back to him, the one who gave us the greatest gift of all. Let me pray. Father God, I love you. God, I'm so sorry for ways that I fall short of exactly the things I'm talking about. I find myself sometimes short-tempered, selfish, prideful, thinking of things in too worldly a manner. God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you so much for the gift of your son. God, may you be glorified as we conclude 2018 and we prepare to begin 2019. You've blessed us, Lord, in so many ways. And I pray comfort for those that have suffered loss. And I pray joy for those that are joyous, that they would just enjoy the mountaintop experience they may be currently in.
Lord, but we know through all the peaks and valleys, you are faithful. You are faithful, God. Thank you so much for that. Lord, each one of us has individual struggles that we have. And I pray that you would help us to love you enough to honestly seek your input and your conviction of your Holy Spirit to show us the areas that we need to change. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. If there's anything, Lord God, that is not of you, may I rid that from my life. I want to be about you, Jesus, and about you only. Thank you for your love. Thank you for life. Thank you for salvation. Lord, please go with every person here today. Keep them safe. And I pray, Lord God, that if they don't know you, they would come to know you. And if they do know you, that their depth of knowledge of you would deepen. Their time spent with you would increase. The fruit in their life of their relationship with you would be more and more obvious every day. As we all grow and mature and strive to be more and more like you. We love you and we praise you. We thank you, Jesus. May you be glorified in every one of our lives. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can interact with us online at our website, www.mtcarmelchurch.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.